Welcome, everybody, to the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, the final episode of 2022. I am excited to be here. You are listening to us on Noonan Station, Southern Sports, 99.1 FM, The Key. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, Christie's Cafe, The Man of the Bear Podcast, and Local Grounds Coffee Company. I am going to have my broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bake, on the show in just a moment. But first, I just want to talk about the crazy day that I had yesterday. Now, first of all, it started out with going over to the campus of St. Epicelli to help out Thrift Behringer finish just an incredible basketball game that went to overtime. St. Epicelli gets the win over Hapefield Charter, a 4A school out of Atlanta. And then I was a guest on... The Sports Visions radio show, Flavor 92.1 in Columbus. And then right after that, called several friendlies at the Columbus Civic Center as the Columbus Rapids women's team was taken on Concord Fire South's all-star team. And the men's team was taken on a team out of Atlanta, LeMayo. So before I get into all of that, just want to recap some of the sporting events from last night. We did have some bowl games. Florida State. Gets their 10th win and drops Oklahoma to their first losing season since 1998. Wow. I was completely shocked. I'm going to get into the brawl with Killian Hayes and Franz Wagner because it had some memories of Malice at the Palace. That was almost 20 years ago, but I remember exactly where I was with Malice at the Palace. And oddly enough, happening in Detroit once again. I mean, what is going on? Thursday night football action, Cowboys and Titans. The Cowboys go to 12-4, and and they have a chance to win the NFC East if they can win against Washington next week and if the Eagles lose two games. Anything can happen, and I think the Titans season is done. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win this division and make the playoffs. This Tennessee Titans team is starting at 7-3. Unbelievable. They fall a 7-9, six straight losses by the Titans. But on a serious note, we had a passing of a legend. Probably one of the greatest soccer players of all time, Pele, passed away at the age of 82. He led Brazil to three World Cups, and he was just a magician, as they've nicknamed him the magician of the beautiful game. And uh, Pele surely will be missed anytime. You have a legend like this pass away. I remember when Muhammad Ali passed away and obviously Kobe Bryant in 2020. Pele, you know, we look at him and we look back at his soccer career and you're just wowed and amazed. You got to go look at archive video footage of just how great Pele's game was. And it was very fitting that we had a moment of silence at the Columbus Civic Center last night to honor Pele, a great legend has uh, left this earth. And, you know, it is a sad day. But today on December the 30th, this is a very unique day because it is the birthday of LeBron James and Tiger Woods. And always I look at this day and I think, well, LeBron is 38 and Tiger Woods is 47. And it got me thinking, can Tiger Woods get back to winning majors again? I think the car accident really hurt his playing abilities. My goodness, LeBron is playing at another level. 
The Los Angeles Lakers will take on the Atlanta Hawks tonight at State Farm Arena. That should be a hot ticket. Hey, high school basketball all over the Chattahoochee Valley. We have the LaGrange Toyota Classic going on the next two days. You have Spencer taking on Central tonight. You know, the afternoon started out with a fun and exciting game between St. Ampicelli and Hapeville Charter. Pacelli gets the win in overtime. They've won three games in three days, and they have looked good doing it. They take on the Carver Tigers next Tuesday. That should be a lot of fun. Thrift Barringer will be calling that game on BeAViking.com. And I don't know what was going through my mind. I, I was supposed to be on Sports Visions at 4 yesterday. I was actually driving to the station, but listening to Thrift call the St. Ampicelli game. And I was looking at the clock. It was about 3.30, and they haven't even started the fourth quarter. And I'm thinking to myself, Thrift going to be able to finish this game. So, you know, being the friend that I am, I, I felt like I wanted to just go over there and just help him out. Just try to get him, like, wrapped up in the broadcast and help him get his equipment taken down, and we head to the station. But it was such a great game. It had to be finished. Now, Thrift had an obligation to go do Sports Visions. So I stayed, and I finished calling the game while he did Sports Visions. And it was just an incredible game. And I thank Thrift for giving me the opportunity to do play-by-play for St. Ampicelli, which I can now put that on my resume. I mean, it's really all about building your resume as a broadcaster. I've built that relationship with the head coach, Corey Black. He's been on the show a couple of times. And I'm right now just willing to fill in whenever. I'm hoping that this could lead to just helping other broadcasters out. And so after the game, I headed to the PNB Broadcasting Studio where I was a guest on Sports Visions. DJ Jones was in Atlanta for Media Days for the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. And so Thrift and I were on the radio for briefly 45 minutes. And then around 5.15, I had to take off and head to the Columbus Civic Center. I get into the Columbus Civic Center parking lot and there is a line outside of the box office and we had a lot of fans there i mean the women's team very popular team in year one the women's team was taken on the all-star team from concord fire south here in columbus so i expected a lot of fans just because that is also a local team and you have a lot of parents that want to see their kids play indoor soccer here at the columbus civic center we did have some technical difficulties in the beginning of the broadcast the Power was out at the Civic Center. Once we got back up and running, it was like I haven't skipped a beat. I know it was a friendly, but I was in the zone, and I did play-by-play by myself. Hopefully, I'll get some help. Uh, I reached out to uh, one of the presidents of Concord Fire South, Eric Steinhauser. He's called some games for Columbus State. Uh, trying to get him to help me with the broadcast, especially when I'm taking a two-week hiatus because of work-related issues in March. So I will not be hosting some off-the-walls podcast shows or Rapids games that second week in March. Here's my thoughts on the women's team. They tied Concord Fire South 8-8. Yeah, if it was a real game, it probably would have went to overtime and penalty kicks. But it's just a friendly. So they tie 8-8. 
The best player on the field, in my opinion, did not play for the Columbus Rapids. She played for Concord Fire South. And that is former Columbus Rapids player Brianna Conley. She had two goals. She had two assists. She was all over the field with energy, helping her teammates out. Kendall Wilson also had two goals. Her college roommate and teammate. And you just had a lot of great players here in the Fountain City that play outdoor soccer that hopefully could either play professionally outdoor or come play for the Columbus Rapids. Now on the Rapids side of the ball, it really was the Carly Bank show. She had four goals coming over from the Rome Gladiators. We definitely have got a great player. And I can imagine what this Rapids team is going to look like once we sign Olivia Gerald. You imagine having Carly Banks and Olivia on the pitch at the same time? Megan Byers had a very good game. She had a goal. Hopefully I can get her interviewed on Tuesday at Ivy. I've had her on the show as well. And uh, Bria Rancho and Haley Ryan did a great job as the goalkeepers. They were interchanged after the periods. And it was nice to see Carly Smoltz out there. She had a lot of playing time. Of course, she is the daughter of Atlanta Braves pitcher John Smoltz. And then I like to see new players gel with the returning players. And so it's going to be a great season. January 20th is going to be the first game against the Memphis Americans. And back in action at the Columbus Civic Center February 1st against the Fayetteville Fury. Now let's talk about the men's team. 11-1 to over Lamendo. And I know it was a friendly but you have to be impressed with the improvement of the men's team going from year one to year two. This team looks competitive, and it starts with their goalkeeper, Kurt Nowitzki. I had a chance to meet him after the game. He comes from South Africa, and he had a great game. Tevin West played goalkeeper in the second and fourth period. Freddie Zamudio moves over to defense, and they gave him a lot of goals last year, and they really worked on their defense. Steven McIntosh coming back. And now you have the defensive play of Ethan Allure and Freddy Zamudio. Brandon Cervantes had a couple of goals. The leading goal scorer from the Rapids last year. And then a player that I am just excited about. Kind of reminds me, his game reminds me that he could play professionally outdoor for club teams. Rita Icarine is just a phenomenal player. You know, he was on the Ivy Show two weeks ago, the player from Morocco. He looked incredible. The touch on the ball, he had one play where he put touch on the ball in midair and then headed it to his teammates without the ball touching the ground. When you have soccer skills like that, it is going to be hard to stop him when he is in the zone. And he's going to score a lot of goals for the Rapids this year. I can guarantee that. He's also going to get his teammates involved as well. And he's the type of player that doesn't have to come out. He's got so much energy, like Warren talked about on the show two weeks ago. So I'm excited to see him. Uh, not every player was there. Juan Roteas, Clayton Adams, they were not there. We should see them in a Rapids uniform shortly. And then Braden Wood returns to the Columbus Rapids after... Taking a midseason break last year to go back to school. The former St. Ampicelli Viking, Braden Wood, also had a goal, and his celebration was phenomenal. I have to tell you, I got to go back and watch the broadcast because I felt 
in year two, because I had all the knowledge of what went on in year one, that the broadcast sounded a lot more smoother. It sounded like I knew what I was doing. Still, call the game by myself, which I'm capable of doing, but I love to get some people up in the booth and uh, we can riff back and forth and talk about indoor soccer all season long. I am super excited about year two in the NISL for the Columbus Rapids women's and men's team. All right, the Columbus River Dragons. They are in action tonight in Biloxi, Mississippi to take on the Mississippi Seawolves. You know the River Dragons have the best record in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. 18-2-1. And And Jacob White, leading goal scorer, he has been on fire. And the Columbus River Dragons will host the Mississippi Seawolves for a two-game series New Year's Eve at the Columbus Civic Center, and then they turn around and have an afternoon game on New Year's Day. So it should be a lot of fun. Hey, the Columbus State men's basketball team is on the road New Year's Eve, going up to North Carolina to take on UNC Pembroke. This is a rematch from the game where UNC Pembroke, the former Peach Belt foe, defeated them at the Lumpkin Center. But their first home game at the Lumpkin Center is going to be January the 7th against their longtime rival, Clayton State University. All right. You got LaGrange Panthers basketball later this afternoon as the women's basketball team at 2 p.m. will take on Salisbury. And the LaGrange Panthers team is on the road against Oglethorpe. And you can catch those games on Panthers Live and also WQEE broadcast some of the LaGrange Panthers games as well. And Point University... The Lady Skyhawks are in action at West Point, Georgia, taking on the Faulkner Eagles. And the Point University Skyhawks men's basketball team, 8-6 and six on the season, traveling up to Henderson, Tennessee, to take on my alma mater, Freed Hardman University. Freed Hardman came to Point last year and got the victory, their first game of the season. And I'm torn because I love the Point University Skyhawks and Lady Skyhawks, but Anytime they're playing my alma mater, I mean, that's got to be tough. All right. The Dallas Cowboys get the 27-13 victory in Nashville, Tennessee on Thursday night football. And Tennessee went to their third-string quarterback, Joshua Dobbs, and they are starting to slip as Jacksonville is now in first place in the AFC South. Tennessee has lost six straight games, and they fall to 7-9. And they take on Jacksonville for the division next week. I can't believe I'm saying this. There's still an outside shot that the Tennessee Titans could win this division to make the playoffs. They got to hope that the Jaguars lose to the Texans and they're able somehow to beat the Jaguars in Week 18. As for the Dallas Cowboys, they pushed their record to 12-4, and led by two touchdown passes by Dak Prescott. And I look at the playoff scenario, the Dallas Cowboys would be the number five seed right now because I think the Eagles could beat the Saints even without Jalen Hurts. And the Eagles would get the number one seed. The Cowboys would get the number five seed, which means they would be on the road in the playoffs, more than likely taking on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the wild card games. I think they could win that game. And if they win that game, if we don't see an upset between the 2-7 and seven matchup, it looks like the Dallas Cowboys are going to be able to play the Philadelphia Eagles once again in the divisional round. 
And I give Dallas all the momentum and possibly get that upset. So the dream matchup of the NFC Championship game between the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers is still on the table. You know I get fired up every time the Cowboys play the 49ers. I have Gabe Reynolds on the show as much as I can, talking up this Cowboys-49ers rivalry. And last year was incredible, not only because the 49ers won, but it also sent a bunch of Cowboys fans to crying beeps. So the NBA is breeding out the suspensions. They suspend Detroit Pistons guard Killian Hayes for three games and Magic's Mo Wagner for two games after the worst brawl in NBA since the Malice at the Palace. 11 players suspended after the Detroit Pistons 121-101 to win over the Orlando Magic. Now once again, we've seen this before where the score doesn't matter and then you push a player out of bounds. Why are you doing that? Luckily, I had to re-see the video. And luckily, no player went into the stands. Because we never want to have Malice at the Palace ever again. Because that was an absolute disgrace. I mean, I can remember watching that broadcast. And the color commentator keeps saying on the broadcast, where is the security? Luckily, the NBA learned their lesson and their security has gotten a lot better. Remember, Malice at the Palace was almost 20 years ago. Have we learned our lesson from Malice at the Palace? That is the question. Some of the action in the NBA last night, the Memphis Grizzlies beat the Toronto Raptors 119-106. to You had the Indiana Pacers beating the Cleveland Cavaliers 135-126. to And the Pacers right now are a playoff team. I think that trade with the Sacramento Kings last year for Domitatus Sabonis to Sacramento for Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton has really made all the difference. The Pacers have got two great players. Buddy Heald raining threes off the bench. He's had a great season. Benedict Matherin is candidate for Rookie of the Year, even though I think Paolo Boncaro is going to win it for the Magic. But Benedict Matherin, the talented rookie from Arizona, has had a great season for the Pacers as well. I've always been a fan of Tyrese Halliburton. I was sad to see him go in Sacramento because I felt when the Sacramento Kings drafted Tyrese Halliburton with the 12th overall pick in the 2020 NBA draft, they got a steal because not only was he the best point guard to come out of that draft, he played a lot of minutes and he was a key component for the Sacramento Kings rebuild. But the trade worked in the Kings' favor as well because They got a double-double all-star, and not since Chris Webber has a player like Domitatus Sabonis put up numbers here in Sacramento, and they're going to snap their postseason streak. I don't think they're going to just get into the play-in game. I think the Keens are going to get into the playoffs, and that right there will snap the longest postseason drought in NBA history. The Sacramento Keens have not made the playoffs since the 2005-2006 season. All right, moving on to the National Football League, NFL Week 17. The Atlanta Falcons have been eliminated from the playoffs. They're taking on the Arizona Cardinals at the bids on Sunday. And this, if you're a Falcons fan, is just a good opportunity just to see Desmond Ritter develop as a quarterback because he is going to be the future in 2023. But it has been tough to be a Falcons fan and to see them have Another losing record. They have not had a winning season since 2017. When is the Atlanta Falcons going 
to turn the corner and start competing and be a sustainable team. Just like in the early 2010s when Matt Ryan was leading them to NFC Championship games and say what you want about Mike Smith, but he was a pretty good coach. There was just an impatience there. There was a two-year period where the Falcons had a decimated injuries, 2013-2014, and Mike White was fired. I think the problem was general manager Thomas Dimitrov. He hit home runs with Matt Ryan, but that's it. He's been a mediocre GM at best, and there's a reason why Thomas Dimitrov does not have a job in the NFL as a general manager. Have you seen the 2012 NFL draft? Completely whiffed on all the picks in the 2012 NFL draft. That's hard to do. But yes, Dimitrov did it. Some of the other games in the National Football League to watch out for. The Chicago Bears taking on the Detroit Lions. The Lions still have a shot at making the playoffs. Denver, who just fired their head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. This is a fun game that could determine playoff seeding. The Miami Dolphins taking on the New England Patriots in Foxborough. The Colts take it on the New York Giants. Giants still control their own destiny for the playoffs. The New Orleans Saints, they have an opportunity to play spoiler and knock the Eagles out of the number one seed. We don't know if the Eagles are going to have Jalen Hurts, but the Saints are still mathematically alive for the playoffs. This is a big game. Carolina and Tampa Bay. Carolina controls its own destiny for the playoffs. It is in Tampa. You have the Cleveland Browns taking on the Washington Commanders. Another team that controls their own destiny if the Commanders win out. But I think it's going to be tough trying to beat the Cowboys in Week 18. Jacksonville taking on Houston. I expect Jacksonville to win that game. They are one of the hottest teams in the National Football League. They are now a double-digit favorite after the benching of Derek Carr. The Las Vegas Raiders are going to their backup quarterback, Jared Stidham. And with the San Francisco 49ers... Winning eight games in a row, and Brock Purdy winning three starts. 3-0 as a quarterback. He's got a quarterback rating of over 120. I think the 49ers, which the only defensive star for the Las Vegas Raiders is Max Crosby. And they're going to stop the run with Josh Jacobs. There is a lot of familiarity between these two teams because the Las Vegas Raiders used to be the Oakland Raiders. And this was a rivalry at one time. And as a kid... I always dreamed of a Bay Bridge Super Bowl. It never happened. It got close in 91. And it might have got close in 2002 when the Raiders went to the Super Bowl. But I don't think that Jeff Garcia, Terrell Owens team was capable of going to the Super Bowl. I never got to see it happen. But now the Raiders are in Las Vegas. They get to play each other again. They only get to play each other four years. But this is still a rivalry even though the Raiders are now in Vegas. You got the Rams taking on the Chargers. Then you have the Steelers taking on the Baltimore Ravens, which that game was flexed to Sunday night. The Pittsburgh Steelers are still alive for the playoffs with their rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett. But I have been impressed with wide receiver George Pickens. There's a reason why I had him on my fantasy team. George Pickens is a star. He's about to have a breakout season in year two. If they get him more involved, he just makes spectacular catches. The former Georgia wide receiver who made spectacular catches throughout his collegiate career, is having a great year for the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, I think it's about that time to bring on my broadcast partner, co-host Corey Bank, as we are going to make some NFL picks, and we are also going to preview the college football playoff, the Fiesta Bowl between Michigan and TCU, and then 
the Peach Bowl, Ohio State versus Georgia. We'll be right back. You don't want to go anywhere. Yeah. Stick around. And we are back on the show for the final time in 2022. My broadcast partner and co-host, Corey Bank, is happy to join me. Going to make some college football picks and preview the NFL Week 17. Corey, the final show of 2022. Happy New Year to you. And it's just a pleasure having you once again for the final time in the year. I couldn't say more, Richard. Thank you for having me on the show. It's been a great year together. Wow. I can't believe it, Richard. The final show of the year? Amazing. All right. Well, we've got a college football playoff to talk about, and I am super excited about these matchups. The Verbo Fiesta Bowl, the Verbo Fiesta Bowl, TCU versus Michigan. You know, I watched TCU almost climb their way back into the Big 12 championship game, but lost to Kansas State in overtime. The college football committee still decided to keep TCU in the college football playoff because they had such a great season. They're taking on a Michigan team with a statement win over Ohio State. And then you have in the Peach Bowl, the Georgia Bulldogs, best team all year, going up against the Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm telling you, I am super excited about these matchups. But let's start about, let's go ahead and start with Michigan and TCU. Because I do feel that TCU's defense can hang with Michigan. We know that Blake Corum is going to be out with an injury for the Wolverines. But J.J. McCarthy, if he can air it out, because TCU is going to try and stop the run, I think that Michigan wins. But I know you have ties to TCU. I know you're going with your heart here, Corey. But who do you got in this game, the Wolverines or the Horn Frogs? Well, in this match, Richard, it's – and really interesting one this TCU team was a 3-3-5 defense style defense holding teams we've seen countless times all year long Richard down to the point where they have an ultimately incredible middling rush defense that's right when their front seven emerges to the football we've seen them do it all year long They've been creating havoc in the backfield. And Michigan, they're going to do their best to slow down their running back, Donovan Edwards. Edwards has had a very decent season. The sophomore running back took this team to a height that they haven't seen in a long time in that regard where he's going to be playing in this one's game. But the thing is, is that this Edwards had rushed for 401 yards and three touchdowns on 47 touches. But then on the other side, other than the fact they have Max Dugan, who was a Heisman candidate, wasn't in the top four. He's had a year I don't think anyone saw coming to be. A pocket passer indeed, making necessary throws on the run, throwing that fly route, that slant route, and he's been dynamic all season. This TCU offense has been dangerous as they are ranked in the top 25 and they're 10th in yards, Richard. So that's going to be a huge focal point in this game. The team averaged 40 points per game. And when you have that dominant of an offense putting up 40 burgers all day long, it's going to be very interesting. But both teams 
in this matchup have been known for the second-half performances. Yes, that really is the case. Usually teams have conditioning problems coming down to the wire, but both these teams are incredible in that regard. So the Michigan team averaged 18.5 points in the first half, but the thing is is that they're 18th in the country while TCU is 23rd. So both these teams in that regard, going to the second half, are top 25 in terms of the points. However, both their numbers increase at that point in time. But Michigan plays at the top, bottom of the 10 tempo in terms of plays per minute, which is going to be a huge case in terms of ball control in this game. And they may even want to ease in on that. But the explosive offense that TCU has really creates a difference. But Michigan has the third best red zone touchdown defense in the country. So that's going to be a very impactful one because TCU typically doesn't see a red zone defense as stout as Michigan. But at the same time, you're right. I got to go my heart on this one. I'm going to take the TCU Horned Frogs in this game. Corey is calling the upset. Now the moment we've all been waiting for, the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, number one Georgia versus number four Ohio State. I really like this matchup. If there is any team in the country that can beat Georgia, it's Ohio State. They have the playmakers. They've been one of the top teams all year in college football. Just had a little slip-up. They just had a little slip-up against their arch-rival Michigan. They still get into the college football playoff. And C.J. Stroud has been a Heisman candidate. And Marvin Harrison Jr. has been the best wide receiver in all of college football. If there's anything that Ohio State has, they could play to their strengths. Georgia's going to stop the run. Ohio State, C.J. Stroud can throw the ball over the top and test those young corners for Georgia. Keely Ringo, only a sophomore. We saw how LSU torched that pass defense for the Georgia Bulldogs. But I think the Georgia Bulldogs offense is much better than last year. Georgia likes to run the football with Kenny McIntosh, Kendall Milton, and they like to get Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington open in space. I think that Georgia's offense is going to roll over Ohio State's defense, but Ohio State is going to keep it close, but I think that Georgia is going to come out on top. Who do you got in this game, Corey? That's a very interesting prediction, Richard, but here's the thing. The bottom line is when you're watching this ball game, there's three things to watch. One, the Ohio State defense. The Buckeyes improved on defense under first-year defensive coordinator Jim Knowles. But the defense, will they show up in Atlanta? That remains to be seen. Will it be the one that allowed 3.4 yards per carry for the season and had breakout performances from linebacker Tommy Eichenberg? 112 tackles on the season, Richard. Incredible. 12 Tackles for a loss. An emerging linebacker indeed. Stout. Shuffling sideline to sideline. And when you have an edge rusher like JT Tumalalo, incredible indeed. Now, will they also be the team that gave up 7.2 yards per carry when they played against Michigan? That's what remains to be seen because they gave up chunk plays in that regard. But Georgia averaged 207 yards rushing per game. In the committee of, like you said, Kenny McIntosh, 709 yards on the season on 10 touchdowns. There's one Edwards, 
683 yards on seven touchdowns. And like you said, Kendall Milton. They have a three-headed monster attack that will be a challenge to stop. Now the next thing that you're going to have to look at in terms of a key, it's the Ohio State wide receivers versus that Georgia defensive backfield. Now, there are several matchups here, but there will be more on Sunday. Like you said, one of the best receivers in the country, Marvin Harrison Jr., had 1,157 yards on 12 touchdowns. Emeka Ekabuka, 1,039 yards, 9 touchdowns. This is the best receiving tandem the Bulldogs have seen all year. It's going to give them a test. Georgia allowed 502 passing yards in the SEC championship game, Richard, against LSU. Man, but Georgia safeties, Christopher Smith, a consensus All-American, and freshman phenom Malachi Starks will be tasked with limiting the chunk plays on the back end. But the Bulldogs limited the Tennessee receivers like Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman to 13 catches. So that's what remains to be seen. But how about the third aspect of the game we're, we're going to be looking at? These were I like to call the unsung playmakers. So that Georgia tight end, Brock Bowers, everyone knows who he is. Amazing. 726 yards and six touchdowns. And the other tight end, absolute beast, Darnell Washington, like you said, Richard, 417 yards, two touchdowns. This will be a test for Ohio State. But Lade McConkey had 675 yards and five touchdowns and scored a touchdown in all three games against ranked teams this season. But Travion, but Travion Williams had 817 yards in an established run game. And Dallin Hayden, 510 yards and five touchdowns in this ground attack. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup. Both these teams are Titan-like teams. But in this ball game. I seriously think, I agree with you, the Bulldogs have been strong all season long. I think they're going to take this one. I think the key is the health of Ladd McConkey. I think that he's going to be a go. This is also a home field advantage for the Georgia Bulldogs, which is going to be a huge mismatch. It's going to be just a huge advantage for Georgia. All right, Corey, let's move on to NFL Week 17. I can't believe there are... Corey, I can't believe there's only two weeks left in the NFL. Your Jets, still alive for the playoffs. They're about to break the longest postseason drought for an NFL team. They have not made the playoffs since 2010. They are going to go with Mike White this week against the Seattle Seahawks. The Jets are a slight favorite, but they are playing in Seattle. Seattle is fighting for their playoff lives as well. But I got to say, Corey, I like the Jets' defense with Sauce Gardner, Quinn, and Williams. But the New York Jets actually control their own destiny. They went out, and they're going to be in the playoffs because I believe the New England Patri- I believe the New England Patriots are going to lose to Buffalo in Week 18. New England plays Miami. They're going to beat each other out. And then Miami plays the Jets on the final game of the season. So I actually like their chances to sneak into the playoffs as the number seven seed. Who do you have in this game between the Jets and the Seahawks? Very interesting prediction. Both these teams, like you said, have everything at stake, both at 7-8 and and trying to clinch out that final wild-card berth. Both 7-8 on the season. Now, it's it's amazing that this point in time, 
that they're going to get Mike White back. The culture of the team is very different. His blockers, his offensive line wants to play for them. And it's, 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 it's very interesting in that regard. Zach Wilson has lost the tempo of the team. He's going to be benched, like you said. Mike White taking on the helm. They're just a lot better at throwing the football in that regard. Mike White's been averaging over 60% of his throws, right about 63% completion rate. As long as they have a stout defense, pro bowler C.J. Mosley stacks up in the box, averages 12 to 15 tackles a game. Sauce Gardner playing his lockdown corner press coverage all day long. Another pro bowler and a rookie indeed. The new age Darrell Revis for the Jets. As long as they have that coming to play. And Quinton Williams. Quinton Williams wreaking havoc in the backfield like you said, Richard. They should be fine. Now, a guy that's going to have to step up in the game. He has not played too well the last, I guess, month. That's Michael Carter. Michael Carter's going to have to play better in terms of running the football in between the tackles. And they're going to have to use a combination of him and Zonovan Knight, who has had a very decent showing. But the last two weeks, he has been minimal on the ground. Let's see if Zonovan Knight comes back into his old form of running with the football in that regard. And the bottom line is, they're going to have to get pressure of Geno Smith. But Geno Smith, in this regard, has had a season that he is 100% probably the runner-up, not the runner-up, he may even win the whole thing as Comeback Player of the Year award, Richard. Geno Smith has had a very decent season in last week's contest through for 25 or 40 for 215 yards. And his favorite target to throw to all year long, DK Metcalf, had seven catches, 81 yards. So I do believe the matchup is going to be Metcalf and Gardner. Then you also got Tyler Lockett. So they ha- he has good receivers to throw the ball to. And then over the middle of the field where it could be a huge difference. Can the Jets cover Will Disley? Can they cover their whole tight end core? That's what remains to be seen. And Kenneth Walker had a really good rushing day last week. Clips over 100 yards in the ground. Will the Jets get penetration in the backfield on Geno Smith? Will they will in the trenches? Will Sauce Gardner be able to hold down DK Metcalf? These are the questions in the ball game that will remain to be seen. Will the Jets establish a run game? Will that happen? But I'm going to go with my heart here. Mike White, the presence of the Jets on the road, typically they have a better record on the road. They're a better road team than a home team. I take the Jets in this one. I really like that pick, Corey. Now let's move to the Minnesota Vikings traveling to the frozen tundra in Lambeau, taking on the hottest team that nobody wants to play right now. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. I cannot believe I'm saying this, Corey. Aaron Rodgers can sneak into the playoffs, and you could possibly see a first-round matchup between the Green Bay Packers and the San Francisco 49ers, and I am not 100% sure I would take Brock Purdy over Aaron Rodgers because he is playing lights-out football. You know the Minnesota Vikings are 11-0 in one-possession games? I mean, they actually almost lost to the Indianapolis Colts. They actually uh, completed the greatest comeback in NFL history 
they had to lose, they had to win on a last second field goal against the Giants, a 61 yarder last week. I mean, they are due for a loss. And of course, I'm rooting for Green Bay so the 49ers can get the number two seed. But I'm telling you, Corey, the Green Bay Packers, I think they win this game and I think they win it comfortably. Aaron Rodgers right now is just playing on another level. But who do you got in this game? Very interesting prediction. I think that's a that's a huh. no one can stop Aaron Rodgers when he is hot and he is dialing it up and has the chemistry with his team. Last week, the Vikings, I'd say, has had a hard time and the last couple weeks. But the Minnesota Vikings coming to this game have a 12 and 3 record. Really good team this year. In the last contest, the Vikings took the field against the Giants and they earned a victory. 27-24, a barn burner indeed. Kirk Cousins, 34-48 passing for 299 yards through the air and three touchdowns. And the immaculate 107.9 QBR rating. That's something else. But Dalvin Cook, South, one of the best running backs in the game, running between tackles. He had 14 carries for 64 yards. So that's going to be a matchup. Can this Green Bay defense stop the rushing attack of Dalvin Cook? Dalvin Cook has the ability to is a home run threat all the time. As soon as he gets to the second level, he can he can do a cutback in the lane and be gone. It's Dalvin Cook. So that's what you got there. Then you have one of the most impressive stats you've seen, I've we've seen in a long time. And that's their dynamic X receiver, Justin Jefferson. He's the number one wide receiver in football right now. Can the defensive backfield of the Green Bay Packers, Jair Alexander and Justin Jefferson. That's going to be a dynamic matchup. Who's going to win this one? Is it going to be Justin Jefferson, who last week averaged 11.1 yards a catch, 133 yards, and is on pace to have a 2,000-yard season? No one's ever done it at the wide receiver position ever, Richard. Is that going to happen? Or you can see the pro bowler, Jair Alexander, lock down Justin Jefferson. That's what remains to be seen in that regard. Aaron Rodgers, been hot, burning it up as of late. And you can't forget about his supporting cast. Alan Lazard has been coming along as his best receiver as of late. But you can't forget about the tandem of running back between Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Both those guys are dynamic runners. Thunder and lightning backfield. You have A.J. Dillon moving the sticks and bulldozing through holes and driving piles. And then you got Aaron. Very good out in space. He gets a crease. He's got the home run threat the run for touchdowns all day long in the screen game and getting outside on zones. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup in this game. But I personally think that if it comes down to Kirk Cousins and Aaron Rodgers, as long as they get the rush on Kirk Cousins and have him make mistakes, I do think the Packers and the Cheeseheads will take the victory. We definitely agree on that pick. All right, we got a bonus game. The game of the year, in my opinion, Monday Night Football, the Buffalo Bills 
going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, Corey, this could be Buffalo's biggest game. They could get the number one seed, or they can get the number three seed because they would lose the tiebreaker to the Bengals. They're playing in Cincinnati. They are a slight favorite. Corey, I'll be honest with you. I don't think Kansas City is losing the rest of their games. If you're rooting against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, you want Buffalo to win this game so they can get the number one seed. I actually like both teams. I think both teams could take on the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs. This is the game of the year. Would you agree? I think it is going in for the regular season, Richard, for the regular season indeed. Because you have a matchup where you have two of the top five quarterbacks in football. Both young. They're part of the new generation. You got Josh Allen. The man can jump over you. He can run over you. He can make passes where he is hugging the sideline. He can throw the long ball to Stephon Diggs, Gabe Davis. And you have a stout defense in Buffalo. They stop the run like no man can. And when you have a tandem where you have the ability to give the ball to Singletary and you have a dynamic thrower like Josh Allen, you are tough to beat, Richard. Now, on the other side, you got Cincinnati Bengals. Early in the season, there was questions. But they are the hottest team in football right now besides Kansas City. And Joe Burrow, an accomplished quarterback, made it to the big game last year, lost, but he is every bit of what it means to be the new wave. He is a leader. He is Cool Joe. They call him Cool Joe for a reason. Calm, cool, and collective. A leader on his team, he can make any throw you possibly can on the field, whether it's a slant route, whether it's the long ball, and he knows how to be a game manager when it comes to be when his offensive line takes over football games. But the matchup here you're going to want to watch in this game, who's going to win in the trench fight? The defensive line of the Buffalo Bills or the offensive line of the Cincinnati Bengals? Who's going to win the surge up front? Will they get in the backfield and get to Joe Burrow? Will they not? Another matchup you're going to want to see in this game is the Cincinnati defensive backfield against Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs is the definition of a Swiss Army knife. I've seen him line up in the slot. I can see him line up in the X receiver and the Y. They're going to put him in different places. So their number one corner for Cincinnati is not going to honestly be on them all the time. So there's going to be a part of the game that is not as great for the Cincinnati Bengals as if they line up Stephon Diggs in the slot and they run slant routes over the middle of the field. He can torch the defense of Cincinnati. So it's going to be very important for the Cincinnati pass rush and stuff run stuffing to really get it done. But they got two edge rushers who are dynamic on the edge for the Bengals. Will they get in the backfield to Josh Allen? That's the other, that's the other nat- matchup. Will the tackles be able to get to them and do the reach blocks? But in this football game, two incredible teams. But in the battle... Of these two teams, I think the Bengals are going to be hot and they're going to win this game. Corey, got two more weeks left in the NFL season. That means we have the NFL playoffs. I'll definitely preview some of the possible matchups. Get this. You know, the AFC is quarterback heavy. We could possibly get 
the top five quarterbacks in the NFL, all in the playoffs. I believe the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to win the division. So you're going to see Trevor Lawrence in the playoffs. You're going to see Justin Herbert in the playoffs. Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, and Patrick Mahomes. That is incredible to have. And I'm not even counting Lamar Jackson. I'm not even counting Kirk Cousins over in the NFC. Although I feel that I believe the Super Bowl winner is going to come out of the AFC. I certainly think that the best, most of the best quarterbacks in the game right now, they're all in one conference, the AFC. We don't normally see a staggering difference between the caliber of play at the position, but this year really is the case. But, of course, as, as a San Francisco 49ers fan, my heart has to go with the 49ers. I've made a bold prediction. This may be crazy. Tell me if you think I'm off my rocker, Corey, but the 49ers are going to win the Super Bowl with Brock Purdy. <laughs> Richard, you're off your rocker. <laughs> it's 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 a – you know what? I envy you because you fully believe in your franchise. And, I mean, they have a great supporting cast. Brock Purdy, not this year. Oh, I tell you, um, 2022 is coming to an end. But what was your favorite memory of this past year? Favorite memory of this past year, I believe, is when we were covering uh, – this was the, one of the high school football games we covered – when we actually saw an upset in the making, where we had the opportunity to call that Smith Station upset. That was a great pick. I mean, that's definitely in my top ten. I, A memory of mine is a football game that we covered, the Glenwood game, when the kicker kicked the lights out in the stadium. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the most I, – I, I'd never seen something like that. We only covered a half that game, but I'd never seen anything like that in my life. Corey, as always, it's just a pleasure – having you here on the show. I'm looking forward to 2023. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do in your broadcasting career. And I, I just thank you so much just for being a great co-host and just making 2022 special because this has really been a big year for both of us as we really just furthering our broadcasting careers. It is really true. And, I mean, you've been covering these basketball games and you've been doing a great job doing it. I've been hearing you do it. Absolutely. Really appreciate your support. And as always, uh, look forward to having you back on the show next week as we get ready to recap these bowl games in college football and preview the NFL playoffs coming up pretty soon. And also, I know you're an NBA fan. We'll talk a little bit about the NBA, too. Hey, LeBron is 38. So uh, I can't believe he's playing on this level at age 38. It's just incredible. He is the ageless wonder. All right, Corey. Thank you once again. And thank you, everybody, for listening to the show. Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2023. Bye, everybody. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.